0: Hello, and welcome to the VVolution podcast. Since starting in late 2016, VVolution has been creating inspiring events for the plant-powered generation. Each episode of this podcast will share with you stories and ideas told by plant-based thought leaders from the VVolution stage. Before we get started today, we have something exciting to share with you. We've just announced that our showcase event, VVolution Festival 2018 will be back for its third year and take place on the 10th of November at London's iconic British Film Institute on London's South Bank. Tickets go on sale later this week, so make sure that you're checking the Vevolution website at wwwvevolutionco forward slash festival hyphen 2018 to secure your spot at this not to miss occasion. Laura Boys is the founder of London-based zero waste store, Hey2, and one of the leaders of the UK's low-impact movement. In this talk, she discusses her low-impact journey and ways we can all live a more conscious existence. This was recorded at VeVolution Topics Environment in 2018.
1: Don't be offended, milkman. I do love your milks, but I'm just <laughs> going to have some water just to be on the same side. Um, okay. So I am quite nervous. I'm sorry if I talk fast or stutter. So, um, yeah, just bear with me for a bit. Um, okay, so my name is Laura. I run a vegan zero-waste shop in London. Um, I'm here to tell you about my journey towards zero-waste, which is never-ending, by the way. Um, why I went zero-waste. And just answer any questions you guys have about how you can go zero waste or make little changes in your life. Um, So my first slide is me doing a tequila (laughs) shot. Oh, is it gonna be? Sorry. All the videos I watched of all the talks before everyone had issues with this so I don't feel too bad. Okay, I haven't gone too far. So um, I went vegan seven years ago and this is the night I went vegan. Um, uh. I know. (laughs) I thought I'd go with a bang. I wasn't planning to go vegan at all. Um, I was brought up in a very Irish household, so it was meat and two veg. Um, I'd never even met a vegetarian or a vegan before. Um, And my husband introduced me to his friend Rachel. Um, We were out for dinner and I was eating a pulled pork taco. And she had just gone vegan and was telling me about the dairy industry. I'd always wanted, there was a vegan in me always screaming to get out, but I never let myself look at it and find out what the realities were, because I knew once I did, there was going to be no looking back. So the next morning I woke up vegan, seven years. (laughs) So my husband didn't think it would last, um, and it's, yeah, there was a small six months in the middle where I ate cheese when I was, um, trek in Machu Picchu, and I got addicted to cheese again. And that's just quite a testament to how addictive cheese can be. I had one bit of it, and it took six months for me to kind of stop eating it again. So yeah, um, that was my goodbye. Because I think going vegan overnight, you have to say goodbye to cheese. So that's what I did. Um, so yeah. So um, about six years ago, I actually moved to Australia. So you can probably hear a bit of an Aussie twang at the end. I'm not from Australia, but I lived there for five years. i am um, go to the next slide, sorry. Oh, sorry. Okay, so why did I go zero waste? So yeah, about six years ago, I moved to Australia. Um, my husband's a Kiwi, so our plan was move to Australia, work for two years, and then move to New Zealand, open up a B&B or go off-grid or something nice like that. Um, But what happened was, as I always do, I go into this corporate job that's well-paying and get trapped back into that cycle of consuming, buying, needing all the stuff that I think I need in life. Um, And I went to Australia thinking that it would change me, and three years in, I was still doing the same thing, working in a corporate job, going in in the morning with my coffee cup, my takeaway breakfast, um, going out for lunch and getting a plastic-laden salad with cutlery, plastic cutlery. Going back to my desk and then driving home in my car, even though I lived 10 minutes from where I worked, ordering that takeaway, just plastic, plastic, plastic. Um, And I didn't realize that was the issue, but something was niggling at me. I knew I wasn't living my values. There was something wrong with what I was doing, so um, I thought I'm not going to quit my job. I'm going to do some courses and try and figure out what is it that I really want. What's missing in my life? Um, so I decided to enrol in two courses. One of them was how to find a job you love, which I think everyone kind of goes through that phase, and how to find purpose and meaning in your life. Um, and when doing the first, co- can you hear me? And when doing the first course about finding a job you love. They actually said part of the reason why people are unhappy these days is we have too much choice. We can go to a shop, there's a shop in America that had 285 choices of biscuit and 175 different salad dressings, just salad dressings. And when I read that, I was like, this is insane. There's people starving, there's atrocities happening everywhere, and we're faced with, you know, 385 biscuits. So that kind of, you know, it's just too many, and probably none of them were vegan. Um, <laughs> So, I kind of started looking into that choice thing about you know when you take away choice, you actually end up being happier because you've only got one or two choices it's not even the world is in front of you. so that kind of stuck with me quite a bit. Um, oh God, I'm lost my train of thought now. yeah, so meaning. And then also during the course, actually we started talking about a lot of things about kind of global warming and stuff. Um, and there's a few articles about coffee cups in Australia because they drink an awful lot of coffee. And I, I didn't know they weren't recyclable, like most people at some point didn't realise. And I did a quick stat on how many coffee cups I used per year. And personally, it was 750. And I just thought, that's insane. I, was, I actually wasn't even putting them in the recycling, I was putting them in my bin at work, assuming they were being recycled. So you just, you know, you go for that thing in life, just assuming everything. Um, so that was quite shocking. And then, again, during the course, the second course we were doing about how to find purpose and meaning, someone wanted to start up an ethical fashion brand. So I did some research into fast fashion. Again, a term I wasn't really aware of. I would, every Friday night, every Friday before I go out, I would buy a new outfit. I would take stuff to charity shops that still had tags on it, stuff I'd never worn. I had to have that new in thing. And when I realised how bad that impact is on people, I don't know if you've heard about the Rana Plaza incident that happened in about 2013, where a thousand women lost their lives in um, Bangladesh and they were making clothes for people like Primark and um, Topshop, I believe. Um, Whole families were wiped out mothers, aunties, daughters. And I was like, how can I be part of this? How can I be vegan? How can I be saying, you know, we've got to do all these things and buying into this and supporting this? Um, And then obviously animals and the environment. When I started looking into plastic pollution, um, you've all seen it, you've probably all Googled it, you see these horrible pictures of marine life with plastic around their necks, choking, having to have things pulled out of their nose. You've seen the one with the tortoise having the nail in there. It's just, I mean, it's heartbreaking. You'll cry if you just sit there watching on the internet. And I just thought, I don't know enough about global warming. I don't know about the stats and stuff. I don't know how to change global warming but I know I can't continue to contribute to it. And that's the only thing I knew, that I knew that was true there and then, so I had to do something about it. So um, I found zero waste. <laughs> um, so I'm just going to a bit of water, sorry. So I'm using the term zero waste, assuming you all kind of have heard of it before. Um, there is a lot more press around zero waste at the moment, but I'm kind of coming at it from a point of view of what zero waste means to me. Um, as I said before, there is no such thing as being zero waste. It's not actually possible in the world we live in. You, see, you know, We live in a non-vegan, non-zero-waste world, as Damien said, so it's not easy. But this is how I do it in my life. Um, so there's the five R's of zero waste, which people follow. And the first one is refuse. So um, I say no to a lot of things. I refuse free gifts. I tell my parents not to buy me birthday presents. I live without, which is quite a good thing, going back to the too much choice. Um, I don't sit there all the time thinking, oh, what am I going to do for this or that? My choices are much more limited. And that actually sounds a bit sad, but it's actually quite liberating. Um, The second one is reduce. So I reduce a lot what I buy. So as I said before, I don't buy fast fashion anymore. I don't buy um, food that's wrapped in plastic. Uh, And I know sometimes it's hard for people if all you have is plastic food at your local supermarket. I'm not saying it's kind of easy to do, but I try really hard not to buy anything that I don't need. Um, The third step is reusing, so reusing what we already have. Um, When you first go zero waste, you kind of tend to go out and buy a new coffee cup, a new water bottle, stainless steel straw, reusable cutlery. And we all do it, we've all done there. I've spent $20 on a fork and a spoon, very similar to the ones I already had in my cupboard, just because they were (laughs) slightly smaller than the ones I had. So I now don't have them anymore because I lost them. So that just kind of gives me an idea as to just look at what you already have in your home. Um, Do you need a new bag? No. Your friend might have one that she's giving away. Um, So see what your friends have, see what your neighbors have. Go on free cycle. Um, So they're the three main steps that I follow. And when you follow those three steps, it kind of helps you reduce your recycling. Um, we all know the issues with the recycling at the moment, with China refusing to take our recycling, and you know, why should they? Um, recycling is hard. We don't actually know how to really do it. Every council is different. Do we take the lids off the bottles? Do we not? Do we take the plastic wrapper off? We don't know. And it's not clear enough. And to be honest with you, most of the time, it just gets incinerated. A lot of councils do that and don't tell you that. So one thing I will say to people is, speak to your local councils, go down to your refuse centre and find out what they're doing with your recycling. And really put pressure on them. Um, Sorry, I'm talking very fast. Um, And the fifth one is rot, which is essentially composting, which is where I struggle the most. Um, I have what's called a Bokashi bin at home, where you can put your food scraps and a Bokashi bran, which kind of composes it. But the problem with that is you have to have a garden to then put the compost in at the end, which again, not many people in London have. So my husband sneaks into our neighbour's garden and buries it. So you've got to do what you've got to do for the environment. Um, So that to me is what zero waste is. And another thing, just going back to kind of where I spend my money, because obviously you do need to buy some things. But um, like when we vote in elections and stuff, we basically vote out one idiot and bring in another one. They don't—they don't have time to make changes. You can't trust them. So the biggest voting power we have is what we do with our money, where we spend it, what we choose to buy. And if you buy things single-use or in lots of plastic packaging, you're saying to that company, "Keep making this because I want it." So we have to kind of start thinking that way. So yeah. So that's what zero waste is to me. Um, and then how did I go from being zero waste to running a zero waste shop? Quite a big leap. Um, so this is our shop. So when I was living back in Australia, it was really easy to be zero waste. Um, there's about 45 bulk food stores, at least. Um, there's lots of farmer's markets. Um, sorry, I'm saying um, an awful lot. <laughs> and um, they're out in the environment a lot because the weather's a lot nicer. So you're very aware of where your rubbish is going. And um, I was talking to my friends back in the UK about this zero-waste thing, and they were like, oh, I'm really interested in that. So I decided I would send one of my friends a book by a lady called Bea Johnson, who is a bit of a zero-waste guru. And when I went online to order the book, there was all these reviews about the book, which weren't very nice, and they were mainly from people in the UK, saying, oh, it's all well and good being zero-waste, if you've got lots of bulk stores in America, and you've got this, but we have nothing in the UK. And I was like, that can't be right. Did some more research. There's loads in Spain, loads in Germany, Canada. Everywhere has one. And there was nothing at the time in the UK. This was about 18 months ago. And I had this eureka moment. So going back to when I was trying to find a job I love, I thought, why don't I go back to the UK, take all this money from this horrible investment bank that I'd (laughs) earned, and open a zero-waste shop? So that's what I did. Um, So I believe there was this thing in the course as well that said, Where your talent and the world's needs cross, therein lies your vocation. Um, So Hetu actually means purpose in ancient Sanskrit. So I feel like my purpose now in life is to bring zero waste and low impact living to London or to the UK. Um, So we opened on the 3rd of December as a pop-up. And we've had 3,000 transactions in just four months. And this, again, this isn't thanks to me. This is all thanks to Blue Planet, I think. We opened at the right time, and people are just being so much more aware of what they're consuming. Um, The community around the shop is fantastic. People spend about half an hour in the shop asking questions about how they can reduce their plastic use, how they can um, reduce their footprint on the environment, um, how they can cook more vegan meals as well. And I was quite surprised at how many people who just came in to talk about plastic and went out thinking about, I'm not saying I'm turning people vegan, like God, but I hope I am. I hope I might do. Um, I actually might do a survey on that and see what's going. So, um, And the shop isn't just about the products we sell. So you can see there, there's all these glass bins where you can get loose food. But um, the design of the shop was, it's all upcycled tables, the paint on the wall is low VOC, our plants are recycled. So I, I put all the zero waste principles into the shop design as well, not just the food we sell. Um, about 25% of the products in the shop do come in some form of plastic, or some sort of packaging that isn't paper. Um, so we try really hard to get as big a quantity as possible so it comes in a paper bag. And anything that does come in plastic and has to come in plastic, like large nuts and stuff, that sounds a bit weird. Um, <laughs> we make sure, as a commercial business, we make sure nothing goes to landfill. So we pay quite a bit of money each month to make sure it goes to recycled, and we get reports on it as well. So when you buy in the shop, you know that there's nothing going to go to landfill. Um, so yeah. So zero waste isn't easy, that, so that's inside the shop actually. So people just have their glass bins, they've um, got an amazing nut grinder machine for our nuts. <laughs> and actually like our spoons are all like antique spoons or secondhand spoons and stuff. Not expensive, I just went to my local antique shop and just picked up loads of spoons because I wanted no plastic in the shop or no single-use plastic, um, so yeah. So yes, yeah, so, it's not easy being vegan, it's not easy being zero waste. Um, so some of the main struggles I have found, and I don't actually have answers to this, so it'll be interesting to see if anyone's got any solutions, but buying pre-loved clothing, synthetic versus animal. So obviously if you buy something synthetic and you wash it, it, goes, it has micro um, particles that come off the clothes and goes into the oceans, and that is really harmful for animals. Um, or do I buy a jumper that was made from wool? That's going to be more sustainable i don't have an answer to that yet i'm kind of thinking about going to a more sustainable clothing company that has ethical materials so there's kind of that ethical conundrum Um, and for me also it's quite difficult supporting vegan food businesses and vegan food in the mainstream because of the packaging so i would love to buy the great great new cheese that really melts really well and stuff but if I start doing that, I'm going to start buying more and more. So we have to think about the packaging as vegans. Think about the packaging we're putting our food in. It is very important. And as you said earlier, when you guys are trying really hard at that, um, the bioplastics aren't necessarily the answer. And we need to do more investigation into that as well. Um, and yeah, for me, it's, it, food waste is difficult. So we all have busy lives. So planning and meal prepping, I'm not very good at it. And I get home from the shop at about half eight sometimes. So um, some food does go to waste. So that's something I'm struggling with. So they're, they're the downsides of it to, for me. So um, so yeah. But when I, do, when I am struggling with zero waste and trying to think like, am I really making a difference? Why am I doing this? Um, and I do do this quite often. I go on the internet and I know, Google animals in plastic in the oceans and stuff and just have a look at what we're doing. Um, everything we do has some sort of impact so we have to kind of as vegans be aware of that so yeah <laughs> that's my talk. did i go really quick
0: thanks for listening to this episode of the Evolution podcast if you enjoyed this talk please leave us a favorable review on itunes or wherever you get your podcasts until the next time take care and we look forward to seeing you soon